this is Kimber, and here are today's best bits from Clairzy, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5. This is a first. We have two working comedians without current breakfast radio contracts, both up and in the studio <laughs> at 9 to 7 in the morning. It's Lawrence Moody and Kitty Flanagan. <laughs> This is an absolute word first. Kitty, good morning. You really made us sound desperate there. <laughs> did, did it look? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's on our show. How desperate are we? <laughs> oh, did we say desperate? Lawrence Mooney, good morning. Good morning, guys. And uh, it's nice to have Kitty Flanagan, one of my favourite comedians in <laughs> Australia, in the studio. Not that that has ever made you have me on your show, Dirty. Oh, so it's not, <laughs> not reciprocated. Not that well, much of a favourite. You were just too busy with the weekly, with Charlie Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we don't want to make you too big. We don't want to blow your, blow your ego up. Sure, overexposure. overexposure. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, that's it. But um, I've, I've actually asked for you a couple of times on Dirty Laundry Live. You've been unavailable because you're a busy working comedian. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into some petty spat. <laughs> no, that's guys. good. No, that's please, what we like. please feel free to take over the show. No, Kitty, we've, no. we've been nice to Lawrence for two weeks. <laughs> I've got to say, I've seen this show seriously in Adelaide earlier in the year, and uh, it's awesome. And you, you're bringing it to Perth. Yeah. From tonight. From tonight. We start tonight, and uh, we've put on an extra show on Saturday night. Now, the yes, Regal. So, uh, I don't know Regal. if you knew this, Lawrence. She's playing it down. By overwhelming demand, had to add a fourth show. <gasps> fifth. Mm. A fifth, fifth show. show. Oh, Get out of town. I'm just changing oh, yeah. my notes. Fifth Over at the Regal. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> look, uh, the, the thing is what I find interesting as well is that I've got this uh, fun little media release here that says that you're going to give us the inside scoop on grave diggers, and it's just not something that comes up often enough at parties, is it? <laughs> yeah, and you would think that when I met this guy and I said, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm a grave digger. You would think that's where the date would end. But yeah. no, I dated him for six months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> winner, <laughs> winner. Hang on, to be fair, out of curiosity, I would too. Yeah, well, that curiosity, let me tell you, lasts for about, I would say, an hour and a half, and you've asked all the questions you can ask on oh, grave digging. No. But, you know, I dated him for six months, and I shouldn't be rude, because he was the one that uh, broke up with me. So, oh. who's the loser now? That's what the bachelorette <laughs> needs, is a, is a grave digger on the show, just to get those questions answered. But I don't it, know, it, I feel like someone is on there digging a grave every week. When you watch them, you just go, oh, Jesus, keep digging, mate. That's their gig. Yeah, yeah I saw the goes, guy rapping. If it goes wrong with a grave digger, though, it's not going to be a shallow bush grave. Is it? He's going to be, it's going to be four oh, foot Lawrence. deep. It's going to be. <laughs> it's like, Lawrence, that was my exact thought on the first date because I didn't tell anyone we were going on a date, and all of a sudden I panicked. What are we? What am I doing? I'm yeah. going out willingly with a man who has a crematorium just at his disposal. He's got the really long shovel handle too. Oh, but, but he also said to me, he said, "Oh, do you mind if we go past work on the way? I just have to pick something up." And I went short, sure. and that's when I went, "Oh my god, this is it! Oh, this is it! I'm being history. driven to my to my grave." You're nine foot under, and you know, in retrospect. Respect, I wish I wish I had that. <laughs> oh, look. It's, it's, it's a bit like that when you're dating, though. I mean, I remember dating a guy who wrote horror films, and you'd be lying in bed, and just as you were nodding <laughs> off, he would go... Kimber, if I was going to kill you, where, where do you think would be? And I'm like, what? No, don't do this. You know, if you had those sort of confronting moments. Oh, it's nice that you had conversations, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't get to chat a lot to the man who dug holes for a living. He was a t- tall, silent type, was he, Kitty? He was, he was. Oh. But, you know, in his defence, he looked like a man who dug holes for a living. He was very fit. Oh, yeah. right, with uh, slightly rough hands. Hey, Kitty. Well, I, I particularly love the part of the show where you talk about going out with a cop. Because uh, the cop speak is just hilarious. Well, that's so, the thing. Yeah. So you had some boozies. <laughs> well, you you would have seen them talk on television, mm-hmm. like when they're you know telling you about some story. That's actually how they talk in real life. 
No. Like they really do. Like oh, I'm not. Really? Yeah. Like the whole time we were going out, we never did anything. Now right. we always did it at this point in time. It's doing time. <laughs> no. Okay. And this is a genuine one. When I asked him if he had kids, he said, "Correct. I have two, a male and a female." <laughs> <laughs> like police spokesman we'd, mode. We'd always head off in a westerly direction. You know, it was just, and that is honestly how he spoke. Uh, he never hilarious. laughed at any of my jokes, but he did find them quite amusing. Oh, right. Oh, that's true. But you would have laughed at his like jokes. He didn't even know he was making. Yeah, there were no jokes. There, look, really, the, the, <laughs> it sounds like I paint a bad picture of these people, but it's more about it's more about me because they're always the ones that turn around in the end and go, Do you know what, you can take a hike later. <laughs> so, so this is all about your dating life. Is, it, is that why there are five it's shows? Not all about, it's not all about my dating life. Is that why there's but, five uh, shows? <laughs> <laughs> One show for each. Um, but yeah, there's there's a there's a bit in there just kind of examining. It's more about. Um, the realisation that you get to of how dating really changes once you get to your mid-30s. Yeah. Because I think people, instead of having fun anymore, people just get so, they just get desperate. They'll just stay with anyone they meet because they just go, oh, I've got to get married now and have mm. kids. And that's mm. why all these people who meet in their late 30s, you just look at them and go, that's a really weird coupling. <laughs> a strange connection. <laughs> Good on you, you just... for managing to hold it together, clinging <laughs> on to each other. For, latch to on. Life. Settling. Yeah, latching on. <laughs> You're, you're joined by a couple of dog people here. Kimber's a mad dog person. I'm a dog person. And, and you think they're the new cat people. Oh, they've, they've actually got a dog in the studio here. Yeah, they've there is one. one. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so lucky. I arrived straight away and instead of coming in, oh, can I go and see the puppy? Uh, you know, oh, so you're not saying that through gritted teeth. You're not like they're so lucky. You're actually oh, one no. of these desperate new I've, I've been cat away people. from a dog for not even 24 hours and I miss him already. Oh, yeah. no. He's with my parents. I make them send me proof of life every day. Oh, send yeah. me some pictures. You'll have to t- start the dog Skyping. <laughs> Paul does it I here. Lawrence yeah. made the mistake of bringing up my dog yesterday, and within about four seconds, I had texted him a photo of my dog. Mm. So it's true. <laughs> we, we are Lawrence actually. Lawrence has got a beautiful dog. You've got a spoodle, yeah. haven't you? And we have. Um, this is. We're so paranoid about losing him, we've stopped putting him outside because <laughs> we think he's a kidnap risk. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That, well, that's why they say you, should, you shouldn't tie your dog up outside shops either. As people right. say it's, you know, because it might bite a child or whatever. I think it's because someone might steal someone your Someone might pinch you, yeah. your beloved. Yeah. Hey, Kitty, you, uh, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming in. I know that <laughs> you did say the words to Lawrence down the line. Did you walk out of my show? Have you ever walked out of a Lawrence Mooney show? Absolutely not. I've never walked out. I've never walked into one. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. Kitty Flanagan. I've seen all Loz's shows. See you at the Regal Theatre over the next five nights. Tickets- Extra show on Saturday nights. So come Love along. It. Ticketech.com.au. Great to see you. Thank you so much. Now, the city just seems to change so much, uh, whether you're talking about the terrace or you're talking about William Street with uh, 140 in there and Jamie's and the Avery and the like. But things continue to change. And on the terrace, uh, the site of the state buildings, formerly known as the old Treasury buildings, looks spectacular. This new site that's bordered by Barrack Street, the terrace, Cathedral Avenue and Hay Street. And to talk about what we call the state buildings is Kyle Jevons. Kyle, firstly, welcome, mate. Good to see you. Thanks very much, Clairsey, Kimber and Lawrence. Good to be here. Hey, Kyle. So, uh, it's the end of a long project. Uh, did you think you'd ever live to see it finished? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it, it has been a long time. It's been eight years since we started the project, and, um, and I'm only 32 now, so to, uh, <laughs> to spend most of my working life on it uh, has been a great experience. But, um, yeah, look, it's good to, good to see the end of it coming uh, over in the next, yeah, from basically today for the next four to six weeks. It's mm. such a big space in the city. The old Treasury Building, it's just gorgeous. Now, I know it, it was a great theatre venue over the fringe, Festival. There are a couple of rooms and stuff used for that. Are there any cool spaces hidden in there for performance now, or are they gone? Yeah, look, probably not to the level of uh, of Fringe World when it was held there. That was and 
that was something we were a part of trying to get it approved there to get the people back into the buildings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, there's there's a lot of hospitality venues. There's the old GPO, which was the sure. original GPO of Perth for about ten years before it moved to uh, Forest Place. Forest Place, yeah. So look, there there certainly will be opportunities. And Cathedral Square next door, which is part of the whole precinct that all the partners have tipped into to rejuvenate, and um, will certainly have a lot of performance opportunities there. So within the precinct, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so there's some beautiful old buildings that have been. You know, they look superb. The facades are brilliant, but inside. What about this glass box? What's going on there? Yeah, the, the glass box was um, it was a bit of an engineering feat. We uh, we sort of joke sometimes that uh, on the original DA when we submitted, we didn't actually have it there, but because right. we had to spend so much money on the roof restoration, we thought we might as well look at the detail of the yeah. slate and the copper and the lace work. What is the glass box? Yeah, so it's a restaurant. It's called Wildflower. Right. Uh, so basically, it's about five hundred square meters, seats up to about one hundred and twenty p- people, and uh, the executive chef there is a chap named Jed Gerard. So he's a Perth boy, thirty. Right. Too, so a young guy. Uh, he's from Bailing Up originally, moved to Europe for 10 years, then went to Sydney, and he's, uh, he's back in Perth, back home to, to deliver a fantastic experience up there, and, and a strong focus on that will actually be the six seasons of Perth, which is the Indigenous six seasons. Sure. So uh, doing a lot of work cool. with the elders, trying to come up with you know certain recipes and menus mm. and so forth that really embrace the West Australian landscape. So it's, it's exciting and very different for Perth, absolutely. Were and there any treasures discovered uh, from a long time ago? As you, as I guess there was excavations and all sorts going on. Was uh, did you discover anything that you didn't think was going to be there? <laughs> Things <laughs> hidden in the walls. <laughs> no, that's a very good question. We we get asked it a lot of times. Uh, there was a rumor that there. Uh, were basically old tunnels that went down to the Supreme Court and also the Perth Mint. Right. Um, I've walked the buildings more than anyone and I've never found them. So oh, we, we yeah. like the story because it is a nice one. Sounds and to be honest, it cool. could have been there. But Sounds like probably, Paris, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right. So, Kyle, can I just say, sorry, is, there, is this something that you're encouraging people to walk through? Because we know there is, you know, you've got the hotel part, mm. we've got restaurants and things like that. So, But you want people to come and have a look and, and feel like they're a part of it. They Absolutely. don't have to be yeah. staying there. Yeah, part of the, um, the bid when we originally submitted eight years ago was to actually give the buildings back to the people of Perth. So sure. obviously luxury hotels don't feel that inclusive to the public. Um, so really there's actually about 18 or 19 operations within this building and the hotel really is one of them. So we've got eight different hospitality venues and we've got 12 retailers as well. Uh, So every door to the external basement and ground floor is open to the public at all times, or let's say till 2am in the morning until we shut up. Um, But yeah, so 15 doors and that way you can transect through all the building and when we started the project Barrack Street, uh, we ran pedestrian numbers, 93% people out of 100 would walk on the west side of Barrack Street as opposed to seven on our side of the okay. buildings. Ah. So you literally couldn't walk through that whole precinct. So it became very tired and drab. And so now we, we basically open up you know, the postal hall to the public. So instead of turning yeah. that into a venue, that's just an internal street, we call it. Um, and then you can go through to the Supreme Court, the, obviously the Cathedral, and also the Perth Town Hall. So you know, we've tried to, from an urban planning point of view, really make this pedestrian, extremely pedestrian-friendly. Mm. Get the and of course, the ornate facade is a gift to the people too. It's just beautiful mm. to look at. Mm. Mm. It is, and and that took you know about two years to restore, strip the paint, uh, redid the whole roof, and it you know it was a, a restoration of international quality, and um, I guess no expense was spared really. Well, Kyle, you mentioned two a.m. the magical time that Kimberley uh, we like to call that Lawrence o'clock two a.m. It's a, man, a wonderful <laughs> That's time. That's when in all the, the venues kick Lawrence out. <laughs> <laughs> and the gig's over. The lockout we, king. Yeah. So I reckon the four of us we should get uh, Lawrence in, and we'll go to Wildflower and have a feed. Oh, uh, I'd love to have you. Yeah, Jed. Cook her Sounds for. wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, mate. All the best. Thank you very much. Today, October 1st, is the 21st anniversary of the Eagles' second premiership in 1994 when they flogged Geelong by 80 points 
And we're two days from another, well, the big dance again. The Eagles are there against the Hawks. Who better to talk to than Dennis Cometti? Dennis, welcome, mate. Oh, sense of deja vu. Claire's a Kimba. Hey. Hello, Lawrence. How you doing? Good. Very well, thanks, Dennis. All the better for hearing your wonderful voice. Uh, and this is obviously not only a big day for football coming up, but a big day for commentators too. How do you how do you prepare for it, Dennis? Oh, well, Lawrence, you're a charming man. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I sort of do a little work. I watch a bit of tape. I mean, I've seen these sides, particularly Hawthorne. I've seen so much of them during the year. Yeah. They're up there with Carlton. I was hoping for a Carlton-Hawthorne grand final. I Good luck. Become, I could have become complacent. I saw so much of Carlton, I was going to give them the membership back. <laughs> uh. Look, Dennis, when are you going to throw in this football game and just come uh, and hang out with us? Uh, well, it's not far away now, I don't think, because I was where Clearsy was talking about just moments ago, that premiership, the anniversary thereof. Mm. I was there that day. It's a long mm. time ago now. Mm. It's been sort of, what is it, 27 years doing the AFL, so... Uh, yeah, I think it's about time. A lot of people agitating for it, so I've got to buckle under the pressure, I guess, eventually. <laughs> you mentioned buckling under pressure, Dennis. Uh, yes. a, a very close last quarter on Saturday. Are Hawthorne going to feel that after playing the extra game, do you think? What do you mean, close quarter? You, you've looked into the crystal ball, have you? Well, if it is, mate. You oh, never if it know. is. If the okay. Eagles are with them. Well, I like these one-sided games. The pressure goes off for commentators. That's my <laughs> only concern, you know. <laughs> Not the big finish. We don't want that. Yeah, I reckon it might. It's going to be a very hot day, so... Uh, Hawthorne will be tested. They've done a lot of flying around the country. They've been to Perth a couple of times. But it comes down to the fact they're possibly one of the best teams of all time. And they deserve to lose it in the ring, if you like. So I'm one of those people who want to see them go under in a game and after the game perhaps be sitting there and saying to myself, I should have picked the Eagles because they're too slow and too old, Hawthorne. Mm. But until I see it, I'm not sure to go away from them. Well, they don't. neither team seem like the kind of team that's going to choke. I don't see it as being no. a really big gap. No. no I, well, neither side, I think, is a team that's going to give it away easily. Yeah. My concern might be that uh, this is a different ground. They don't play here too often, the West Coast Eagles, and uh, much wider yeah. than Subi. So that being the case, and given the style of football they play, which is very much about occupying space, the Eagles, I think they may have some difficulties coming to terms with the ground, but they've come to terms with everything else this season, so uh, they've got to be a shot. I, I really like what they've achieved. It's, it's just uh, above and beyond what we expected. It's really an exciting ride now for the town. Yeah. Just a couple of players need to come to the party. I mean, if Josh Kennedy... Uh, yeah. can take this game by the scruff of the neck and kick six or seven goals. And that's a tall order. But mm. I think both these sides have exciting forwards. Josh Kennedy could win this game for the West Coast Eagles, with some help, of course. Jack Darling needs to come to the party. His form has been just okay, but yep. an outstanding player. So both sides riddled with outstanding players. I'm really looking forward to it. The exciting thing about Hawthorne is, you know, last year people were writing them off and they came out against the Swans and they hit them so hard <laughs> and it took us all yeah. by surprise. We can expect something surprising from Hawthorne, can't we? Uh, well, probably more of the same, but in its way, if you cop one, it's surprising. You know, like if you're out there and uh, they're hitting you that hard. I mean, that was mm. that was the thing you took away from that game, that first half hour last year, when Hawthorne Brutal. physically intimidated and attacked Sydney. Now, the West Coast Eagles boys are going to be under that same sort of pressure, you would think. I mean, this is the question mark, I suppose, over Hawthorne. Do they have the desire to do what they did last year 
ongoing. Mm. So they've got to be prepared to pay the same price because it hurts when you run into somebody as well as it hurts them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were fanatical last year. They were so physical. They worked so hard. If they can repeat that, then uh, they're going to have to learn very quickly, the West Coast Eagles, because they got a slow start last week. Uh, if mm. they get that sort of pressure, it's going to be tough for them in this game. Dennis, unfortunate the uh, story that a lot of people are talking about two days before such a big game has uh, come yep. out with Daniel Chick talking about the uh, Eagles drug culture of 2006. Yeah, which is pretty unfair to this Eagles team, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's got nothing to do with them. Uh, and uh, I suppose uh, the time for reflection has come and gone. It's still something people are living with in Perth. I understand that. But, uh, yeah, the timing of it surprises me a little bit, although it was designed to be timed exactly where it's fallen into place. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the West Coast Eagles boys, this team has no connection with that team. Yeah. And I would think that... Uh, we just wish them the best, and they seem a terrific bunch of young fellas. Yeah, well, and it's fine. if anything, it's just going to probably reflect badly on Daniel Chick more than anything, because everyone knows it's not related. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a story to be told there, sure, and I think uh, perhaps it's still to be ploughed over a couple more times yet, because uh, I, I don't know we know all that happened back then, but uh, this is not the time for it. Surely a couple of days out from a grand final when a team has surprised everybody and been so good. No, it's just a load of sensationalist nonsense that's uh, opportunistic and awful, and I, I reckon we should move on from it yeah, today well, particularly. Yep, that's the thing. I think, as I say, that this team has nothing to do with that. We're looking forward to incredible matchups. Uh, it's uh, some of those highlights. If you think of Lake and Frawling in the back line against Kennedy and Darling and the, and the like, but it's all over the ground, Dennis. It is a very exciting prospect Saturday's game. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to like you, Clancy, because I can't look back to last Sunday. Oh. Uh, no, that was that was a little bit disappointing, wasn't it? Oh, but, the Falcons, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, yeah, when you look at this, when you sort of put it down on paper and, uh, go through the lines and the players who are playing, uh, there really is some class in this game, and it could be mm. one of the best grand finals we've seen for a while. Mm. You've got these attacking forward lines, teams that can kick goals, teams that can defend as well, but, uh, they're basically predicated, I think, on going forward and scoring. And, uh, that defense, and I think it doesn't get its due for the West Coast Eagles, has come on far better than people thought, given the losses they had early in the season. Shepard's had a terrific year. Schofield yep. has come back. Wellingham last week was outstanding. Ellis is fitting in. Hearn, we know him. And Butler, the only man who played in their last premiership yeah. team. I mean, on paper, it doesn't look outstanding, but, gee, they play well and they've done wonderful work as far as the Eagles are concerned this year. So when you look across the ground, it should be a grand final, I think, uh, really that will come to savour and look back on fondly. And finally, uh, the Brains Trust in the box, uh, Adam Simpson versus Alistair Clarkson. Who, who's the, who's going to take the, the chocolates there, Dennis? Uh, well, Adam Simpson spent four years sort of at the knee of Alistair Clarkson, and I know they're good friends. Uh, he would know exactly what Hawthorne is about. He would know what the players are about there. But conversely, I'm sure that uh, Alistair Clarkson knows what to expect from Simpson because it's much of what he did. I've got a lot of respect for both of them. I know Alistair better than I know Adam, actually. Mm. Alistair is a remarkable character. He's going for his, what, fourth premiership, yep. three in a row. Uh, quite outstanding. His strike rate is around about a premiership every 75 games or so and probably will be enhanced if he will, will be. Dennis Cometti, <laughs> that, that was Adam up. Simpson knocking the phone out of Dennis Cometti's oh, hands. Was it Luke Hodge going hard? <laughs> what a dramatic exit. That was okay. spectacular. That was Dennis Cometti. We hope he says those words that he said at the final siren of the 89 grand final when he said, ladies and gentlemen, we've just seen a classic. The best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5.